Are you a fan of the small ball? Jealous of all the inside analysis and crack on the football pod? Well, we've got you covered with the hurling pod. Join myself, Will O'Callaghan, along with James Skehill and Paul Murphy for the best insight this hurling season. Coming soon to OTB Sports. The Late Night LOI Pod, live every Friday at 10pm. On Twitter Spaces, follow at Off The Ball. All right, hello everybody. Welcome along to League of Ireland Late Night. It is Nathan Murphy with you. It is the opening night of the brand new Electricity League Premier Division. And we have got a hell of a lot to talk about already. Shane Keegan, good evening. Nathan, how are you keeping? Have you defrosted? Johnny Ward, can you hear me? Yes, that is perfect. That is perfect. I can indeed, Nathan. How are you? I am very well. I'm very well. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Jeez. Johnny Ward is a. Uh, are you on a bus, Johnny? I'm on the 16 bus on the way back to Harold's Cross from uh, from Tolka Park. That was one of the coldest. A few, a few, a few. Johnny, I think Johnny, few. Johnny, this is not going to work. This is not going to work, Johnny. Why is that? Come on, Johnny. Come on. This is uh so mute yourself there, Johnny. Mute yourself there, Johnny. We might get Johnny when he eventually gets home. Uh, welcome to League of Ireland late night. It is late on a Friday night. This is what you're going to get. Uh, it's Nathan, Shane Keegan, and Johnny Ward. Uh, for everybody who joined us last Friday night, you're very welcome back. You probably have a little bit of an idea of what's going on. For anyone who's joining us for the first time tonight, well, what we wanted this to be is every Friday night after the League of Ireland games, a place for you to come to give your opinion, to vent, to chat to myself, Shane and Johnny. Uh, there's a little button down on the left-hand corner where you can say that you want to talk. You can give your opinion. If you've been at a game tonight, obviously we're not going to be at every match. Uh, let us know. Let us know about the worries for your club, the excitement, your ambitions, your hopes for the new season. You can come on and tell us that. Or you can use the hashtag uh, late night LOI, and we will look at that as well, and we'll get them questions throughout the evening also. But as I said, it's been a heck of an opening evening. Uh, the Damien Duff... Honeymoon period. Is it over already? Shelburne, Tulka Park, sold out tonight. But they go home with their tails between their legs. Beaten 3-0 by St. Patrick's Athletic. I know Johnny was just at that game. Shane was watching it as well. Shamrock Rovers starting the defense of their title with a 3-0 win over UCD. A slow start to that game for Rovers, but they got the job done eventually. And I was at that one, so we'll chat a bit about that as well. And a two-all draw in the game between Dundalk, uh, Stephen O'Donnell's first game in charge, and Derry City, of course, Finn Harps and Drogheda uh, was called off. Uh, some really interesting results in the first division as well that we'll get to. But if you want to chat any team at all, Premier Division or First Division, that's where we're going to be doing over the next hour or so. Uh, Johnny Ward, this is going to be a typical thing, I guess, Shane, where we started the week where Johnny was <laughs> full in on the professional, where he said, I might just stay at home and watch the game, so I'm perfectly ready for 10 o'clock. Then yesterday it was, I'm going to go to Talca Park, but I'm going to do the show from Talca Park. And now it's, I'm going to be on the 16 bus. And Johnny, you're just going to have to mute yourself because you're ruining it for everybody. I can't, I'm still ruining it, am I? You are, yeah. yes, yes. I, I moved yeah. slightly away from the raucous crowd. They're all going to somewhere on Camden Street for the night, but I'm going home, unfortunately. And I'm so cold after Talca, I'm delighted to go home. Great, great. Well, when you're home, you drop us a text so we might let you come back in again. <laughs> so, Shane, uh, listen, uh, it's finally here. There's been any amount of build-up. There's a huge amount of anticipation. And an awful lot of the build-up was dominated by one man and one man alone. And that man was Damien Duff. And a sold-out crowd at Talker Park. It's brought maybe 
unrealistic expectations of what Shelburne could achieve this season and brought crashing back down to earth this evening. Crashing back down to earth, Nathan, certainly, yeah, look, 100% in terms of the scoreline. It's very, very hard to um, try and find too many positives, I suppose. When, you're, when you've lost 3-0 at home, there's an automatic assumption that there can be nothing but negatives from the game. That wasn't the case. That absolutely wasn't the case. And I'm not, I'm not just saying it uh, because we're talking about, you know, a big name and Damien Duff and that, but, but shells will be scratching their heads quite how they've managed to lose this one 3-0. Um, they were completely the dominant team in the first 18 minutes uh, up until the point that, that Pat scored the first goal and even responded very, very well after that. And OK, Pats were definitely the better team in the second half, but it wasn't like shells fell apart or anything. It's, it's, it was maybe a game that was maybe 55-45 in Pats' favour that somehow ended up being a 3-0 win to Pats because they were so clinical. So there's, there were actually a lot of positives there from Nathan. And we have to be realistic as well. If Damien Duff was not the manager of Shelburne, survival will be the only aim. Survival will be the only expectation this season. But because it is, Damien Duff, I guess because of the way he's talked about the club as well, a giant, a sleeping giant, whatever it is, people feel that maybe they can do a little bit more. But this is a this is a brand new squad, essentially. 15 in, 15 out of shells. Yeah, huge turnover. Huge, huge turnover. Oh, turnover. And you could see that at times they maybe lacked a little bit of, of, of cohesion. But... As I say, by and large, um, now look, that's, you know, we're automatically, I suppose, kind of drawn to talking about shells. You kind of have to talk about both performances in one go to summarise the game properly. It was an absolute humdinger of a game. It was a really, really, really enjoyable game. There was there was bite in it, real, real bite in it. A couple of little small skirmishes and heavy-ish tackles that went in. Um, I'd say Mark Coyle is a cert for a yellow card a game. Um, if tonight was anything to go by, he really, really got himself around the place. Um, likewise, probably Mark Doyle in a Pats jersey was involved in a couple of little altercations, kind of maybe hit the deck on one or two occasions a little bit too easily that riled up some of the Shells players. Um, but so many talking points from, from the game, Nathan. There really, really were. I mean, on the positive side, you know, we talk about how many players have come into the league from outside of the league this year and I'm not against that I think you can understand sometimes there's a bit of a lack of quality and managers feel that they have to look outside the league to try and recruit but you're coming away from the first live game on TV and you're talking predominantly about some incredibly performances from Irish players young players um in I mean Dara Burns goal Oh my God, such a, a, a real, real early contender for, for goal of the season, but it was fantastic. The chop inside first before driving on and, and burying the ball in the back of the net. Um, for a fellow who's ended up on the losing side, uh, Jack Moylan's performance over the course of 90 minutes for Shells was fantastic. He, he needs a little bit more composure in, in front of goal, maybe. was about the only thing missing from his performance tonight, but he was really, really top-notch. I saw a bit of him at Wexford last year when um, when Ian Ryan got him in on, on loan for the second half of the season, and he did very, very well. They were raving about him down there, but that's the first time I've watched him for 90 minutes, and he was so, so good. And the last thing, I, I again, is... The, the cream rises to the top when, uh, you know, when the game was hanging in the balance and we went into the second 45 and you were looking at could Shells come back into this. Chris Forrester just absolutely grabbed the game by the neck and he was just he was just Chris Forrester, really, I suppose. Probably the best way of putting it, you know. 
Yeah, well, talking about grabbing games by the scruff of the neck, I was out at Tala for Shamrock Rovers, UCD, and Jack Byrne, not surprisingly, grabbed that game by the scruff of the neck. I would say after 15 minutes, Stephen Bradley, who was banned from the sideline, was thinking, when I gave these lads a bit of a rocket last week after the President's Cup, <laughs> they weren't listening because Rovers were very fortunate not to be 1-2-0 down 20 minutes into this game. They were wide, wide open at the back. Uh, much like the President's Cup, they were dominant in possession, but the second they lost, they were so... It was unbelievable how far up the pitch they were pressed. At one stage, I think all 10 outfield players were 15 yards inside the UCD half. Uh, Ferugia and Andy Lyons, the two wingbacks, right up there. And it just left them really exposed. Alan Manis made a couple of good saves, but eventually they did get to grips uh, with the game and ran out pretty comfortable winners in the end. Uh, Sean Hoare got a goal from a Jack Byrne corner. Then Byrne just produced a sensational uh, ball for Danny Mandreo just in first half injury time, 2-0. And then UCD uh, made a mistake at the back. Graham Burke, who just come off the bench, made it 3-0. Uh, so Shamrock Rovers up and running. And now they're going to Derry next week and they're going to be thinking, oh, there's an opportunity for us here because Derry are a lot of people's tips to push Rovers the closest. Two all draw tonight for Derry at Saint at, at Dundalk and suddenly if Rovers can go up there and beat Derry, they'll be five points ahead of them after two games. And we do have a message in, Shane, about uh, from David Byrne using the hashtag late night LOI. 29 goals across the six leagues of Ireland games in both divisions this evening. An average of almost five per game. Impressive for such poor conditions. Hopefully a sign of things to come. And that's because uh, the first division tonight was somewhat insane. Cork City, 6-0 winners away at Bray. Waterford, 5-2 winners away at Athlone Town. And Treaty United, 5-1 winners away at Wexford. So there's a lot to get through. This we want to be that traditional old style five live Premier League live phone in. We don't want it to be just myself and Shane and Johnny chatting. So we'd love to get people on who've been at games or who have thoughts on how the new season is going. Just go request it and we give you some access. It can be any club. It doesn't need to be uh, one of the Dublin teams. It can be whatever match you were at or whatever you're looking forward to. And we're going to get lots of you in over the space of the next hour or so. And I'm going to start by doing it right now because I see uh, Ronan Coleman is listening in. Uh, big Bowie United man. Uh, I'm not sure, Ronan, if you're just in to give Johnny a bit of abuse for not showing. Like, we're on night two of this and Johnny <laughs> Ward is essentially, we got to say, a bit of a no-show. Uh, Ronan, how are you keeping? You're on mute there. You're on mute, Ronan. No, oh, can you hear me now? You can't. Yeah. Loud and clear, good, loud good. and clear. You, uh, you're, you're, there's no real emotion for you tonight. Galway were the team on their bye week. We were, we were at home. This, uh, we're, we're, are all most of us in our houses are listening or watching this evening. Anyway, some, some great scorelines in the first division. Anyway, I see there one of our former players, Enda Curran, had a great start. Got two goals for uh, Treaty against Wexford. So, and also another former goal. And I think Rory Keating was on the, the score sheet at the Carlisle ground. So certainly some impressive uh, scorelines in the first division. And it was and it was very good, Ron. And I was I was dual screening. Um, I had I had it on the laptop. I had to trade the Wexford Treaty game on on the laptop, given my uh, former loyalties and my new loyalties. That was the first division one that 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 appealed to me. And he he was very very good, Ron. But sure, you know, I mean, like you know, Enda's Enda's talent has has never been in question, really. Enda Enda's application at times maybe has has you know maybe not been quite where it is. But when he's focused, when he's on it, and when he fancies it, he's. he's He's top notch, isn't he? He's definitely a natural goal scorer, Enda. He's a, sort of a, go a goal porter type lad. The sort of a lad you like to see. If he's, when he's in the box, there's always a chance for his score. 
definitely, I think, you know, United could have probably done, done with them in the last few seasons, you know, when we probably struggled at times to score goals. But best of luck to Manny for the season ahead. I always like to see our former players do well, even if they're at our rivals. Ronan, in terms of Go United this season, there was obviously a huge amount of disappointment with how the playoffs uh, went. With John Caulfield there, like, this time around, the expectation with the budget that Go United have, and uh, maybe with more budget coming in, if the rumours today around Alex Murphy and Newcastle bidding a six-figure sum, and they just would have many interested parties, there might have been a bit more cash rolling into Galway. Like, is the expectation season two with John Caulfield that like it is promotion or bust? Well, I suppose with United, with, with our full-time setup, and I suppose people have said the budget that's there and the expectation behind the club and really underachieving for a large, long number of years now, there would be there is a lot of expectation. But I think as well, though, there was certainly probably more expectation last season. A lot of disappointment around the playoff uh, semi-final defeat. But as always, a lot of hope, you know. But you see, you see tonight now, you see very impressive Cork City side. We're travelling to Cork next Friday down to Turners Cross. That's going to be a very difficult fixture. You see Waterford looking with a very strong start to the season. You know, you have, I suppose, we would have thought Bray would be competitive, but that looks like a very heavy defeat for them at home to Cork. You know, so certainly going to be a difficult season this year. I'm, I know I'm trying to be diplomatic here. I'd hope that United can win the, the, the division, but it's going to be a long haul with 32 matches yet to go, you know, so... All right. Well, listen, very best of luck with it, Ronan. Johnny Ward Thanks, will be man. keeping us uh, minute by minute at some stage. This is going to become a Go United season. Of course, things are looking up for Go with Johnny, aren't they? Because you've quit as media officer. So, Yeah, um, it's uh, one of the more positive things to happen in the club, uh, Nathan. But I hope I'm not uh, drowning everyone out now, am I? You are a little bit, yeah. You're, you're, you're very loud on the mic now, Johnny. <laughs> okay. Sorry, so uh, I was in Talca. What a night, just to, to, to kind of uh, repeat what Shane said there. I thought I was watching like a young Paul McGrath in the performance of James Abanqua. I thought he was unbelievable at times for a kid of 18. Uh, his, his, his muscular sort of pushing people off the ball. On the ball, he's comfortable. Um, just his positioning... I, I think we're, we've seen an absolute star there tonight. Like, Dara Burns' goal lit it up, but I don't know what you made of him, Shane. I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, no, look, he was. He was very, very good. He had that one slip, obviously, Johnny, where he, he nearly got too confident in himself and tried to play that cross-field ball that was intercepted. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, ah, look, you can, you can 100%, anytime you watch him play, you can see what all the hype is about. He's, he's so, so composed, as you say, so, so physical. He takes so many boxes, and yet you can still see that he's far from a finished product, you know, if, if, if which gets even more excited because I think there is a bit more polishing in him and I think when that comes, the sky's the limit, you know. Do you know the other thing about the game, Nathan, um, you know, I, I kind of get a bit of slagging about these young managers in the league, but I'd be interested to know Shane's view on Tim Clancy, how he's set up tonight because they were very aggressive the way they kind of kept four players up top at many times and um, kind of targeted mistakes from shells and I thought the second goal had a lot to do with that. It was a fascinating tactical battle, Shane. Yeah, well, the big question, when an opposition team set up with wing-backs, as, as Shells did, obviously, the big question then is, your wingers, which, which, what are you going to do with your wingers? Are you going to drop them back onto the opposition's wing-backs, or are you going to push them up onto the right and left side of centre-halves? And that's what Pat's decided to do. That's what Tim's decided to do, which obviously is the, very, the more proactive way to go about it. So they really squeezed. So you literally went 
pretty much man for man all over the field because their front tree squares onto the onto the, the back tree, as you say. Billy King buzzed around the, the the deepest midfielder. So you're kind of man for man all over the field. He was another one who was very impressive, by the way. Billy King, in fairness, he's he's a, a guy again who can frustrate. Sometimes he's excellent, sometimes he's he, he's not so good, but he was very, very good again tonight. And the war, they just they let both full backs run all the way up the field to to, to take on to, to meet the wing back high up the field. And it was very, very proactive and look certainly paid dividends. Yeah. Just the other thing I'd say. Nathan, um, in terms of you know the people at the game tonight, Steve McGuinness and the PFAI, various characters from the FAI, um, Keith Andrews was at the game, Kenny Cunningham was at the game. It felt like the big occasion in Dublin City tonight. And the other thing, just in terms of like the, the matches uh, that took place in Oriel, where you have O'Donnell versus Higgins and Damien Duff taking on Tim Clancy tonight, I, I, I do think that's a fascinating subplot. These young managers trying to outdo each other. We don't have Irish managers in England, all the young Irish managers are, are in this country at the moment, and we're going to be all the better for that week to week like tonight was just captivating and Duffer will have a lot to reflect on not all of it negative by any means you are listening to League of Ireland late night for people who are just tuning in for the first time tonight and wondering what the hell is going on we're going to be live every Friday night on Twitter Spaces it is your sort of old style uh, football phone in so we don't just want it to be us put your hand up say you want to talk if you've been at a game or if you're watching on uh, on the player and you've seen your match or even if you haven't seen your team play yet but you've got an opinion on the league or the hype around Damien Duff or any of that uh, just put your hand up and we'll get to you over the next couple of minutes or you can get us on the hashtag late night LOI as well Johnny Ward Shane Keegan alongside myself Nathan Murphy uh, of course Johnny Johnny is bigging up bigging up everybody the superstars that were here there and everywhere over the last uh, 24 hours I was out at Tala uh, Johnny and uh, there was lots of stars out there as well, I can tell you. You know, they just keep a lower profile. Uh, Duffer watch then. Duffer watch, Shane. Uh, what is Damien Duff like? He's been a he's been an underage coach up to this. Damien Duff, first team manager. What's the Duffer style of play? Yeah, well, we we got an early clip of him on, on TV. I'm losing all credibility by admitting that I was on the couch um, rather than out in the brave and the, the elements like yourself here. But yeah, you got an early look on TV of him absolutely berating his goalkeeper uh, early on because I think he felt the ball needed to be played out quicker um, for them to get on the front foot. Um, and that would kind of be in keeping with what we've started to think is is going to be his style. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to spare feelings. Um, I think he is he is certainly going to let players know when he's when he's unhappy with them. Look, that said, he was still you know there was big hugs for players as they were coming off the field. He was making substitutions there with with 10, 15 minutes left at a two three nil down, and you know he was still embracing the players as they were coming off the field. So he look he will know when to use the carrot and when to use the stick. And as I say, I know it sounds mad to lose a game three nil at home and say that there were so many positives, but there were they were very very good. Look. To be honest with you, I've just kind of mentioned it. There. One thing I would say is I thought the keeper, um, obviously, look, you can't judge too much on a fella on one night. Keeper looked a little bit shaky for them there tonight. Um, you've got a guy like Brendan Clark on the bench who, for me, has just is consistently brilliant season after season after season. Um, so I, I would think the keeper is going to need to improve a bit if he, if he intends keeping Clarkie on the bench. I'd like to see maybe Clarkie come back in onto it. But no, Duffer, Duffer, won't be, Duffer won't be hitting any panic button on the back of that, Nathan. Uh, let's go and talk to Patrick Simpson, who is on the line. Uh, Patrick, you can unmute yourself there. How are you keeping? Come in, Patrick. Can you hear us, Patrick? You're on mute. 
You're on mute there, Patrick. Unmute yourself. <laughs> Patrick, not there oh. right now. Ah, oh, there you are, Patrick. It's, it's new, listen, it's new for everybody. We're all learning. We're going to be very patient <laughs> over these first couple of nights. If you come back in a month and you're taking 20 seconds to unmute yourself, Shake Egan's going for you. How are you keeping, Patrick? What, what, what are you going to say for yourself? I just want to say, Rob Harvey, blatant penalty for Derry. Uh, I don't know how he doesn't see it. I don't know if anybody there has, has seen it, but Derry, Derry denied another Stonewall penalty. Well, we got, what, 15 minutes into it before we had ref <laughs> bashing already. Poor old Rob Harvey, I'd say. Rob, your ears will be burning uh, of a Friday night. You and every other League of Ireland ref. Uh, if there's anybody else who was uh, up at Dundalk and who was watching and has an opinion, and uh, maybe even a Dundalk fan, away from the refereeing decision then, and we'll, we'll try and get some other opinions on that. Uh, for Derry tonight, like we weren't sure what to expect from, from Dundalk, but there's a real expectation around Derry this season, Patrick. What was the performance like? Uh, Derry played well. Uh, took him a wee while to get in there, but uh, Jamie McGonagall, he was clean through 10 minutes to go. Had the bar on their side of the bar, Derry probably could have won it, but a point was probably fair in the end. But, but uh, it's it? great to be, it's great to have live football back again. It sure is. What's your uh, expectation for Derry? Because, uh, as we said at the top, I think for a lot of people, there's a feeling that Derry are best positioned to push Shamrock Rovers this season. Well, as Rory keeps saying, there's 24 points on it from last year to this, or you know, between between Derry, so it's not. I think people might be getting ahead of themselves, but you know it's important not to lose tonight. And you never know what. what I think. I think once they get, they get their best eleven, they could they could give anybody a game. There must be a lot of excitement with McElhenney and Duffy coming back. I know McElhenney came off the bench tonight. I don't think Duffy was involved uh, this evening, but as you say, with the new signings that were made, uh, with the billionaire owner that's now at Derry, that if they can get that eleven together quickly, uh, and I guess the. The thing now, Patrick, is it needs to be quickly because it's Shamrock Rovers at the Brandywell next Friday night. And what you don't want to do is find yourself five points behind Rovers after just a couple of games. No, I suppose it's important not to lose it, but it'll, it'll, at least it'll show us where we're at. Um, um, but sure, you never know. I'm, boys, I'm crossing the border here now, so I'm going to have to shoot on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all the best. We can't be you're, running you're, on roaming. You're, on, you're on roaming charges all of a sudden, Patrick. <laughs> that is the beauty of Derry City Football Club. Uh, we'll uh, keep listening in, Patrick, and we'll see what the uh, the opposition view, the Dundalk view was on uh, Ralph Harvey's performance tonight. What I, uh, what, what I don't want, if we can avoid it at all, listen, I know there's going to be, we want to be able to talk about referees, is this to become a referee bashing zone uh, every single Friday night. And the other thing we'll say, we touched on this last Friday, if you don't have your real name there, uh, we're not going to come and talk to you because we want to, you know, to be as uh, above board as possible. Uh, Andy Martin is listening in. Uh, our old mate Andy, how are you keeping, Andy? Hey Nathan, can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. What were you, what were you watching this evening? What are your thoughts? Oh, you've got double trouble here. I'm actually with Ollie Dingley as well, two-time Olympian diver. We were at the Tallis Stadium for the Shamrock Rovers game. Same as yourself. Hello. Uh, hey Ollie. Hey Andy. Uh, so. What did you think of the Rovers' performance? Do you want to go ahead, Ollie? I, I thought they were good. I thought they were slow. I, I think they need to be faster off the ball as well. But they were the, good. Wasteful, though. They've got to, they've got to improve their one-on-ones. 
yeah, it was, it was, I won't say it was a strange performance. It felt a lot shame, like watching Shamrock Rovers last season as well. Uh, John, if you want to mute yourself there. Johnny Ward is going to uh, destroy this on night one unless he mutes himself. I'll see if I can mute him here. Um, it's a difficult thing to do. Uh, the the press wasn't uh, that intense from Shamrock Rovers at times. It, like, they do play it quite slow. They don't take a huge amount of risks, uh, Rovers, but then they win 3-0 tonight and get the job done and get the three points and sort of move on with life. Yeah, they could have, imagine, but they could have been playing, with, playing within their comfort zone, Andy, were they? Yeah, to be honest, Nathan's hit a Roy on the a nail on the head there. I mean, the the press was not strong at all. I mean, it, even when they were on the ball, there was just a real lackadaisical look about them. And we were actually, uh, funny enough, we were sitting next to Stephen Bradley for the game in the stand. And so we were getting his reaction to it throughout the whole game. Well, this is what we want, lads. This, this is, is what we want. Every single word, we need to hear it. What does Stephen Bradley have to say <laughs> himself? Well, the well is he didn't he didn't know who I was exactly either. Now, so uh, he, he was he was chatting away, uh, taking uh, taking photos with uh, kids as well throughout the game, telling them why he was sitting in the stands. Uh, he also had a videographer there beside him who was videoing the whole game, and every now and again he would turn to him after clapping his hands in frustration and say, take that in for half-time. Uh, he wasn't a happy man until the 39th minute, I'll tell you. The, the game was a lot different up until uh, that goal came in in the set-piece. He definitely wasn't happy, and he definitely wanted his players to just get rid of the ball earlier. He definitely looked frustrated that they were holding on just too long for it. Right. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's, it's Gigi, the best seats in the house there, lads, uh, right beside Stephen Bradley. Like, oh, it was great. There are still question marks there, Shane. There's no doubt about it because we touched on it on our preview with Dan last night and off the ball. Like they, they rarely blow teams away. Um, they're just very patient. Like in a way, and it's not the best comparison I know with Manchester City because City do blow teams away quite a lot of the time. But City rarely take any risks. They just it's very repetitive. They keep going and they trust that the opposition is eventually going to make a mistake, which is sort of what happened tonight. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like methodical, I, I can handle. I I like a team that's that's methodical and and they are methodical about about what they do. I mean, let's be completely honest about it. you. Look at their season last year. I mean, their domestic season last year was was almost faultless. I mean, they were they were so so good. Okay, they're going to need to find another gear and they're going to need to find something that little bit different when they come into Europe again. But I mean, with the individual talents, that's where you're saying, okay, let's be methodical in how we work into the final third, but then. Let, let, let's have the, the individual genius of the players like Jack Byrne and Danny Mandrew and, and fellas like that. Let's let's have something out of nothing when we get it into the final third. But if you're uh, if you're been accusing them of being the old Steve Davis, boringly brilliant, I think I think Brad's are taking that all day. Every day of the week, if it means they win the three in a row, they'll absolutely take it. Andy, Ollie, safe home. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. The gust of, the gust of uh, literal wind for once is the announcement of Johnny Ward's uh, return to the scene. Uh, here's one for both of you, Johnny and Shane, uh, tweeting to hashtag late night LOI. Would you rather a prime Jack Byrne or a prime Chris Forrester? Go on, Johnny. Is he there? He's not there, right? I'll start. Sorry, what was the question? A prime Jack Byrne or a what? A prime, prime, Jack a prime Chris Forrester. Chris Forrester. 
Uh, I'd go with Jack, but uh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I, th- I actually thought Chris Forrester was playing within himself much of the game tonight, Shane, and then he just decided to kind of turn it on second half. Yeah, 100%. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, you probably was class. He was class tonight. Um, but he would probably still have to answer the question. I would take prime Jack Barnight. I said earlier this year, I, I think we did a show on the 1st of January, Nathan, where we talked about uh, this and that and plans for the year and the whole lot. I actually, I actually think Jack Byrne will challenge for a starting place with the Irish senior team again before this right. season is out there. I really do. Well, a man who I uh, imagine was at Shamrock Rovers tonight. He was on with us last week, Michal Ofwe. Uh, I don't think we were sitting beside each other tonight, Michal, but what was your thoughts on the Rovers' performance? Uh, how's it going? No, I was um, in the East stand tonight. Um, the snow hitting my face was great. Um, there was absolutely no need for it to be that cold. Um, thanks for having me on again, lads. I thought, first of all, I thought the first half an hour, I know we tend to focus on the bigger team, but I thought UCD were actually very good. Very organised. Um, I was impressed with uh, Kerrigan, uh, Caffrey and Whelan. The pressing was very good. And um, 21, I think his name was Brennan, in the middle of the park, was, was good as well. Mm. But um, I thought Farouge was really good as well. Big threat. Um, shame to see him getting injured again. We'll be a big fan of his. Um, and I thought he was a bit, like him and Mandreo had a nice bit of link-up play. You know, Mandreo was cutting inside and, and Ferrugia was going into that space and Jack Warren was able to find it. It was, you know, like a something that they had worked on, you know. Um, but um, I think Rory Gaffney is so underrated. He just he just held everything up, linking the play together. And uh, it was really impressive, now, I have to say. Yeah, he, like he made a big impact in the President's Cup last week when he came on, Shane, and it was a similar story. He's just such a physical presence. You could tell the UCD defenders they couldn't handle him. The, he, the movement was brilliant. The strength is there. He's just so unselfish, always happy to involve other players in the game. And while he may not score the amount of goals at times that Rovers fans would like, he, he, he fulfills that, sort of fulfills that traditional Irish striker's role. Where it's not always about the goals. <laughs> Yeah, and and I'll tell you who he reminds me of actually is again is is it's a bit of a, a Giroud about him. Um, you know, I'd say the players. He's not quite as good looking. <laughs> hey, it's definitely an, an an Irish version of Giroud there. Yeah, that's it. That's too, it, isn't it? Um, but no, look, he must be he must be a dream for his teammates because as you've said, he's. You know, he's such a focal point. He'll do the running, he'll do the hustling and Harry, and he'll hold up the ball um, and all of that kind of thing. Now, you, you put you put a player like that into a team that doesn't have any outrageous talent around that player, and then that player looks very, very ordinary because they're just holding it up for not a whole lot else to happen. You put a player like that in around the talents that Rovers have, and it works very, very well for them, Nate. UCD... Uh you touched on it, Michal. Like UCD had two brilliant chances. Liam Kerrigan had both of them in the first 20 minutes. Got in behind that real high line that Rovers were having. Alan Manis made himself big on a couple of occasions. Kerrigan would go home tonight and really feel this was such an opportunity. Home with the champions. First few minutes of the season to grab a couple of goals. But he looks a real talent. And I know even last season, right at the start of last season, when we were talking Division 1, Shane, you were tipping Cullen Whelan for big things. Both of these guys, it'll almost be a surprise if they're still playing for UCD come the end of the season yeah big time big time and look as we know Nathan everything at UCD ties in with um, people's educational demands and, and where they're at in terms of the timeline of their education 
Um, I think I couldn't swear on it. I think Liam might be a, a bit behind Colm in that in that cycle. Um, Colm Colm completes his degree. I, I know Colm and the family quite well. Colm's younger or older brother played for me for a, a good few years. Um, Colm is is definitely wrapping up his degree this this summer. Uh, so he is. So UCD will do extremely well to to hold on to Colm beyond that point. But to be fair, UCD kind of conduct their business so so well um, in terms of how to deal with these young players and trying to be fair to them while also trying to make sure they look after the club and if Colm does go on you'd, you'd like to think UCD will, will certainly profit from that um, I think they might hold on to, to Liam because I think he's a bit more to go on, on the education side of things but if they were to lose the two of them what is already a difficult job in terms of trying to stay up it certainly becomes a hell of a lot more difficult All right. Yeah, Kerrigan's yeah. movement was especially for that second one was really really impressive all night it was right in line with that second one and um there was actually just before I leave us, there was a it was four four German lads um, on a well looked like a fairly tame, not tame but a a, a stags anyway, <laughs> and they were absolutely steamed coming in the, <laughs> and sat in front of me and they were like, "Where's the beers?" I was like, "Oh lads, there's no beers here," and they're like, "No way, we got a taxi for forty minutes in a taxi." And they were absolutely only there for the beer. Uh, but to be fair, they stayed and, um, yeah, joined in. So I hope they had a good night. Anyway, right. thanks, guys. Fair play, me all. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, no beer or tala. Uh, hard to get bloody curry chips, I can tell you as well. It was Baltic once again. Uh, you would have been there for an hour. Have more chip fans. Come on, League of Ireland. Make it easy for people to get a little <laughs> bit of grub. Uh, Ali Tommy has been hanging on for quite a while and I think has something to say for himself. Ali, you there? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How are you getting on? Hey, yeah, all good. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, the same game. I watched the uh, Rovers UCD. Um, yeah, it was a good start to the season. Um, UCD tried making it tough for Rovers. I think Sean, Sean Brennan played a lovely pass, broke the line. Um, in the first half, and Liam just couldn't quite, couldn't quite finish it. If they had to score that, maybe it would have been a different game. But so harsh so hard for them to concede just before just before half time especially having only conceded the first few minutes before that and yeah the game just only went one way Jack Byrne two beautiful deliveries and Danny Manju with great instinct he could have had a hat-trick tonight um, yeah and then second half UCD just sort of started making a few silly mistakes and they were lucky it wasn't it wasn't more they were lucky Rovers didn't score more are you a Rovers man or a UCD man? Uh, no, not really any, to be honest. I've, uh, I know most, uh, not most, but I know a few of the UCD guys. I know a few of the Rovers guys as well. But um, yeah, just just watching it from that perspective, really. What were your thoughts on Jack Byrne? Because it was typical Jack settling straight back into the league, involved in everything and anything good that Rovers did. Jack's hands were all over it. Yeah, especially especially the second delivery for the second goal. That was um, yeah, not not many other players play that pass with that precision. And Danny's uh, manager's instinct to just get in from top notch. I think um, for UCD though, I think the the wingers this season can be can be a big plus because Dylan Duffy actually had he had, he had a pretty solid game. Like you know, he has a bit of height for for a wide player, and he held on to the ball well. And if if it wasn't if it wasn't such a tough team, I think UCD would have enjoyed a bit more luck they, today against Rovers. 
can they stay up, Ali? Um, it's a bit of a hot take. I'm gonna say they can. I'm gonna say they can. <laughs> like there, there's enough firepower there to keep. Obviously, Callum and Liam are, are probably gonna be gone past the summer. I don't. I can't see them staying past past the summer. Maybe one of them might stay past the summer, but to keep both of them past the summer is um, it's gonna be tough. But if they if they get a good run from now till then, sort of just have themselves hovering just above that relegation zone. Yeah, I, I think I don't think it's impossible for them, but obviously everyone has them favourites to go straight back down. Yeah, Ali, uh, thanks a lot for joining us on League of Ireland Late Night. Uh, if you're just with us, if you're just uh, like Johnny Ward is, I think, just coming in the door, having uh, been at Talca Park, been on the bus, and now being at home, um, you're welcome. If this is your first night with us, uh, what we're doing is we're just talking League of Ireland and we want your involvement. If you're at a game, if you're sitting at home watching it, if you're just really passionate about the league, uh, do request a talk. I know there's a lot of people looking to come in. We're going to get to you all over the next couple of minutes. Or you can use the hashtag late night LOI. And for anybody who's missed any of this, we're going to put this up as a podcast. So just download the OTB Sports app and it'll be up either tonight or first thing tomorrow morning, uh, late night LOI, and you'll get the full show there as well. But we do want it to be uh, about the supporters and about the people who are going to the game. So if you want to come and talk uh, and you got something to say for yourself, we do want to get somebody else who was at uh, Dundalk against Derry to see, was it a blatant penalty? Were Derry City robbed ahead of that long trip back home? Uh, do let us know. Adam Dunn is with us. How are you keeping, Adam? How's it going, lads? I'm all right. Oh, yeah. What were you watching? Uh, I was watching Shells and Pats. As a Shells man or a Pats man? No, a Bowes man. A Bowes up. man, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably the noise I get in desk, so the way yeah. tomorrow. What do you make of it, Adam? Uh, I thought it was good. I was listening to the tell you, and I kind of disagree with what they were saying about Shells. I didn't think, apart from the Unflam Island, I didn't really see much positive coming out of it, but I just I don't really have much hope for Shells surviving this season. Oh, you're very, very harsh. You're going no, in not, not, not very harsh. That's how it is. Well, if Damien, Shane, again, if Damien Duff was not manager of this group of players, would you have a very different opinion on what they can do? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really judging them on, on who the manager is. I'm just looking at what they did tonight. I thought they were reasonable. I thought, I thought um, the Dawkins, uh, is that it? Daniel Hawkins, sorry, Hawkins, who was the other um, number 10. You know, they played the kind of two tens behind the nine, um, Adam. I thought he was, I thought he was decent as well. If he had been a bit more clinical, they could have, could have done a bit better as well. Um, look, I, I, no, I, I think, look, I think they're the sort of team, I probably agree with you to a certain extent, Adam, I think maybe by the halfway point, they could find themselves down there. I just think that they're the sort of team that will kind of click and improve over the second half of the season. I thought they'd pull themselves away from it, but you're, 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 uh, you're a bit harder on them, but maybe that's the Bose, the Bose tinted glasses, isn't it? Yeah, probably is. <laughs> Dave Butler uh, tweeted in, uh, and this is where the uh, division of opinion is, he says, very confused over the Jack Moylan hype. I think a season too early for the Premier Division, so wasteful tonight hit the chipper van more than he hit the target hit the chipper hit the chipper van after dancing past two or three players yeah, to be fair I, thought. I think I'm not having yeah, that at all no, I, no, I, I can't did, get I over why Bowes let him go what I can't get over why Bowes <laughs> let him go it just doesn't make any sense to me 
he looked so so good, didn't he? I mean, he really really did. He carries the ball so well. His decision making, and it, it was just. I would agree. I understand where where the other fellas coming from there, Nathan, because he was he was a little bit wasteful for all the brilliant play that he had. He was wasteful when he managed to get himself into those fantastic positions. But he's look, he's he's so young that will that will come. I I and I think I think he will benefit from being in in the Premier this year. I I, I think he's ready for it. All right. And that's Adam, a lot about him as well. The fact that he's the young, probably one of the youngest one. He's the one looking for it and trying to make things happen. But Adam, I get the sense. Uh... Bowls fans are feeling a little bit left out when all these League of Ireland previews are happening. There's obviously a lot of talk about Rovers as champions, Duffer at Shells. There's all the drama going on at Pats. You're just forgotten about it, but he's you not prove really everyone much. wrong again and again. That's it. Like every, it's kind of the last few years. There's not really much optimism at the start of the season because the constant losing players, whether they're going to England, our contracts, and then it's kind of like can we replicate last season? We kind of, nearly every season, we kind of better ourselves. But I'm a bit more optimistic. I think there's a bit more, we brought in a bit more quality this year. Like with Flores, I like to look at him. Um, I'm looking looking forward to seeing Gionia play. Um, the lad we got over back from America as well. What's See, a good the season? Thing is, the thing is, Adam, for me, for me, right, you've got all these young managers and, and they are there are some exceptional young managers in the league and managers you'd have great hope for and the whole lot. But it, it, it kind of makes people forget that pound for pound over the last five seasons, if you look at how every club did over the last five seasons, you, 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 could, you would have strong claim to have the best management team in the division. I, I no, just yeah. think it's kind of the constant loss of losing that many like the players we've lost we've lost Boko Cornwall like big like characters and senior players whereas there's a lot of like there's a lot of youth in it this year like I know always a kind of like they, they, they play you they give you the chance but it's just the fact that there's so much now like I think Talbot and uh, Tariq Wilson now are probably two of the most experienced players and they're 23-24 so like only time will tell but I'm still I'm looking forward to it it's always a fucking experience watching balls. So, <laughs> what what what's a good season, Adam? Yeah, I win a trophy. Just yeah, get around the cards. Yeah. Semi-finals last year was the final. It's like feels like it's never gonna happen. But yeah, just win a trophy. Like Europe is good, like financially and thing. But like at the end of the day, football's about winning trophies. Like nobody remembers finishing fourth. In fairness, in fairness, though, we had a good few nights and. The Aviva this year, but it's nice winning trophies and trying to remember come when players are players return and they're looking back over the years. But yeah, Europe and a trophy or just a trophy will do me. All right, Adam, Cheers. thanks a lot for hopping on. All right, Adam there, Bulls fan, uh, tuning into League of Ireland late night on this Friday night. Uh, Aaron Clark, how are you? Not too bad, lads. Not too bad. I love the idea of this Friday night talk show. It's good to interact with a lot of. League of Ireland fans and other media outlets as well. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, what were you watching tonight? I was in Talca Park. I was in Talca Park. Um, just want to echo Johnny's point about the Pat centre back, uh, James. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his second name. Um, super- superb at the back, um, apart from the slip early on. But for me, just a question on the on the uh, on the Dan Carr disallowed goal. I thought the flag was maybe a little bit late. He was nearly flipping in the air a couple of times, from my view, before it went up. I thought it was a little bit late on, on, on the shell side, but in terms of in terms of Pats on the other side, I thought the 
the Mark Doyle goal was superb the way when he nipped nipped into Rob possession just to keep composure to go past several shells players. The keeper maybe could have done a little bit better, but it just it, you can see Clancy's trying to really put a step, uh, a good strong footprint on that team, and I think Pats are going to be a very good side this year. The mad thing is, Aaron, I have the, I have the, I'm just home a few minutes, so I'm, there's 42 seconds into the game, so they're showing um, the goal that was disallowed was, is just going to be shown, and uh, this is, um, I mean, Talca was rocking, but I, I, I'm not sure what you make of the Tim Clancy thing, like, there's so much talk about Stephen O'Donnell, for me, I don't know what you think, Shane, for me, Steve, Tim Clancy could have been manager of the year last season, but that draw the team, and look at the state of the players that he brought in, and the ones that left, and the stature of them that improved under him and Kev Doherty. Like, I, I think he's a, such a such a good manager and I think that was almost lost in all the furore about Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah, well, the big thing for me with Tim is you can, uh, I suppose you can have a one-season wonder in terms of, of overachieving for one season, but, I mean, that's that's three on the bounce now, really, from Tim. I mean, every every year there's been overachievement there, so there's no doubt he, you know, I think Drogheda, to be fair to them, even themselves kind of knew, right, we're, we're going to do well to hold on to this fella for too much longer, so it was, it was a, it was a natural, uh, it was a natural move that he was he was going to end up having a crack at somebody who was going to be kind of hunting in around the European spots, you know? It or looks like he was well offside, by the way. It looks like the, the initial shot, ah, yeah. which, yeah, no, look, I, un I understand Aaron's, Aaron's point because, to be fair, Dan Carr had gone off and he'd, he'd done the double cartwheel followed by the somersault and the whole lot before uh, before the flag went up. I think it was Michelle O'Neill was doing the line on that side. Michelle is, is very, very good in fairness to her. She's top-notch. And the, the, I suppose the key point here here is she came to the right decision. She obviously just wanted to weigh it up. There was a lot of things going on. There was a touch by somebody else first and then there was the keeper parrying it. She probably just needed to weigh it all up in her head to be four-figuring out, right, was he offside or not here? and the most important thing is she did get the decision right. You know, I was just behind the dugout, Nathan, and you could see Duff and Joey O'Brien, you know, they've won all these caps for Ireland, Duff are such a player, and like they were lost in that moment of celebrating a goal. The goal is just loud and they lose 3-0. <laughs> did Duffer acknowledge you, Johnny? Um, I, I don't think I don't think um, he saw me, but in fairness, like this was like the only uh, kind of aspiration for any of us tonight was to try to you know, huddle up beside anyone. It was so cold. It was unbelievable. It was like such a throwback to the old days of Halka. Uh, absolutely great because you don't get that many nights like this anymore. It was just a real throwback. Aaron, I'm sure though. you're... Uh, go on, Aaron, yeah. It was great. It was great though. Just of a, a point on Tim Clancy, but as you're talking about the night in Halka, it was great to see the fans behind the goal, the Pats fans. You know, it's it really, it really added to see that, you know, so many away fans back in, back in Halka Park considering you normally see a limited number, so it was great to see, especially because there was a, a high demand with shells. But just in terms of Tim Clancy, the year they lost the playoff, that year maybe Drogheda might have been hold on to him. That year, you know, they'd so he come in there and really steady the ship at that first year. But I just think you're right, you're right in what you're saying. He really does, he does deserve a crack at one of the big teams. And, you know, I think he, he'll go on and flourish there. Like, it's great to have the, the young, good, up and coming coaches, you know, to even. Like I've had some humble pie over Bradley. I didn't think at one stage he'd he'd have the success he had at Rovers. But I think it's important for for our game, especially with the pathway with Stephen Kenny having gone into the under twenty ones and then getting the the crack of the seniors. That you know maybe maybe we can look to, to look more to home for for next future managers down the line for the likes of Ireland under underage instead of having to always go abroad. So it's great to see you know the, the work that's being done in the coach education. We have a lot of callers uh, waiting to come through. If you do have thoughts, you can also tweet us. Use the hashtag LateNightLOI. 
and we'll get to them over the course of the evening as well. Aaron, I'm sure like me and like everybody else, you know, you want to come here on a Friday night for some real top quality football conversations, but we also want those Johnny Ward pronouncements. When are we going to, are we getting week three or week four as to who's going to win the league? But right now, Johnny, I want this from you. James Abanqua, when's he making his Ireland debut? <laughs> that is an interesting one. I, I thought I was looking at an absolute star there tonight. I mean, Dara Burns, I, I wasn't uh, around like to see Paul McGrath uh, play in League of Ireland at that stage. I, I, I never saw him play in the League of Ireland, but like maybe it's a kind of a clumsy comparison, but oh my God, his athleticism. Like if he doesn't play for Ireland, I will, and I promise you this, I will give up journalism. I think he's going to be an absolute star. Don't do that to us, Johnny. Don't do that to us. We all want the best for the lad. Well, uh, Aaron, great stuff. Uh, thanks a lot for that. Let's go to Ray Malone. Ray, good evening. Good evening, lads. How are you all in there tonight? All right. Very well. Uh, on, Ray? What yeah, are you watching? We're, we're going. Uh, we're going to talk about Waterford FC now. Uh, let's okay. change um, the real first division now. So, uh, no, uh, just after the shambolic last year, lads, the end of the season last year with what happened with Bertram and all that, and um, it's just good to see um, Ian Morris getting such. Uh, such good backing there from Richard Forrest and the club now. It was badly needed after all the turmoil that we went through as fans, you know. I'm actually sitting here, um, unfortunately, uh, positive with COVID, so I couldn't go up to watch the Blues. But, you know, um, I watched the goals and followed a lot of it online anyway. But no, I just think um, at the moment, you know, the squad even is very good. I mean, you have you, know, you have the likes of Brian Murphy and Eddie Nolan there, a bit of experience, and you have the local lads now with Nilo Keith, Dara Power and that. And then you have the lads that are after coming in, Lewis Britton, who's who's actually scored tonight as well. And Phoenix Patterson is going to be uh, he's just going to be superb for the whole year. So uh, I couldn't believe they held on to him to be honest. Oh sorry? I couldn't believe they held on to Patterson. That was yeah. a real statement of intent. I think so too. I think they they've they've done really well in the transfer market. And honestly, I they will take a lot of stopping this year. I think now personally I think we're going to take a lot of stopping. So well, it was very encouraging, Nathan, as a Go United fan, see Cork and Waterford win by a combined total of forty seven <laughs> goals tonight, you know. So that was and we play Cork and Waterford next. Yeah, yeah so a five two win uh for Waterford and a six nil win uh for Cork City. And we'd Ronan Coleman on uh, Johnny as a Galway fan because there is with the full time and the budget that's there an expectation, but you know, three into three into two ain't going to work. Well, this is the thing about the the playoff system. So it's 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 unbelievable for the teams that want to sort of scrap for fifth or fourth. But like as Go United fan, you know, we were always going to make the playoffs at worst. So we finished a comfortable second last season, and then we went out in the first goal. So you have to win three games to get up. So it's extremely hard to get out if you don't win the league. Yeah, Jim Fitzgerald was in touch as well. Said thanks to Richie Forrest, a great decision to keep it a full time club. You could really see it in their play. Junior and Phoenix class again. Elne and Griffin working hard, solid from the back five, and Woody King Cab Britain showing again. And Ray, that's the other thing is the manager. Like obviously, yeah. there's a lot of talk of Damian Dove, but Ian Morris. Yeah, you know, Look, he walked the walk, he talked the talk, and I'm exactly. sure he has a point to prove. He and he knows the first division as good as any manager out there. So I mean, you know, he's come in, you know, even pre-season they're playing the likes of Dundalk and Bowes and that. And every time we played, we were the better side. So I just saying, you know, he's already and look, he, he's uh, he's for the last couple of years. I mean, you know, second to none at the moment. All right, Ray, uh, we'll keep a close eye. Johnny Ward will be getting very worried about uh, Waterford and what they can do this season. Uh, I want to go to another, well, I sure. won't say caller because I put him on the spot. Uh, I spotted Podrick Ammond was uh, listening in. Uh, superstar striker. Podrick, how are you? Can you talk? Hello, can you hear me? Hey, Podrick, how are you getting on? Not too Podrick, bad. How are you? Not too bad, those things. 
good, good. When are you coming home? Hey, I don't know. I don't know. You never know. Things can change very quickly. If the storm stays up like this, I won't be home for a while. <laughs> there you go. That's our first exclusive, Nathan. Things can change very quickly, yeah, says Ammon. Yeah. Ammon is looking says, for a move home. I can see the headlines now. Yeah, it's very easy to, to twist boards. <laughs> never, never would Johnny Ward uh, do such a thing. So you're uh, you're with uh, Exeter at the moment, but is your Friday nights uh, spent online watching League of Ireland? It was tonight, actually. Um, I was well. We're, we're due to play tomorrow, but the game got called off. But I actually couldn't get back home because the um, the bridge was closed and the, the Severn Bridge was closed. So I had to stay down here tonight. Um, so I watched the the, the Shells Pats game. So it was very very enjoyable and I was quite impressed with um, a lot of things that was going on. To be honest with you, what, Paul, what, what, what did you what make of with? what? What what did you make of of, of Owen uh, Owen Doyle Podge? You know, like I know we're joking about it there, but he's he you know he's made a move there that that you know I'm sure a lot of League of Ireland clubs would would love to see you make in the next two or three seasons. What do you think of him? Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was he was probably quite tonight by his own standards, but having Owen on the pitch, um, you know, he, he he takes a lot of attention away from other players, um, and he attracts. I suppose interest from the other defenders that probably let other players shine as well and he does a lot of the dirty work and he's done it throughout his career and he's he's been a fantastic player over in England over in Ireland um, and he's going to score a lot of goals this year again and you know I've played with Owen since we were 14 um, um, played with him at Rovers at Sligo Rovers um, and you know he's a, he's a fantastic person and professional and I think he's going to be very successful over there and he's going to probably lead us, uh, a Pats team to have a, a serious chance this year. How much of a chance did he bother? Because everybody is still tipping Shamrock Rovers and the question is, will it be Derry, will it be Pats who can push them closest? Do you think, like the gap was big last season, do you think the arrival of an own Doyle or the signings that Derry have made can see them not just close the gap but actually keep with Rovers till the final few weeks of the season? Um, I think it will for a bit anyway. Um, look, I suppose that, that I think Shane mentioned earlier on on Twitter about the Rovers bench, how strong it was. And I can never remember a bench that strong in, in, in my lifetime anyway. You know, obviously before that, there probably was, you know, other people might have opinions on it. But I suppose the hardest thing is to keep all those players happy though. Um you know, and and then Pat's at the minute they're building something with Tim Clancy's gone in and he's doing a really good job. Um, so far he's built a, a decent squad, but you know it, it will be hard to try overturn Shamrock Rovers, but they'll have a right go at it. And if they can keep keep with them for for a while anyway and put a bit of pressure on them, you never know what can happen. Just on that part, how hard is it to keep? Like, and I, I I've said about the midfielders, they've about eight unbelievable midfielders at League of Ireland level that only four really can play. So how do you keep them happy? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. That's, that's the perfect answer. Um, it's very hard. Look, every player wants to play every week. And no matter if you tell a player that you're resting him for one week because he's playing the following week, you know, it's very hard to make promises because performances from other players can change those promises very, very quickly. Um, and, and, you know, to, to try to keep a rhythm going if you're playing once every two or three weeks is quite hard. And because they're you know, some of the players they have are, are some of the best players in the league as well. To, to, to try rest them every week, you know, the players want to play every week. That's that's the ultimate end of it. They just want to play football um, and go do what they can do. But, you know, they've got a very, very good squad. Um, 
Bradshaw is a brilliant manager. I've obviously I played with Bradshaw years ago, and you could tell even playing with him, you know, he's tactically very good, um, and he was going to go into management as well. Um, and that was even from a young age. So you know, he, he'll he'll know what to do. Um, but it'll still be tough. Doesn't matter how much you know about what to do, it'll still be tough to keep everyone happy when things aren't going great and every team gets a, a part of the season where I suppose you go through a little bit of a rough patch and that's when that's when the squad comes in together um, and you need everyone to be pulling together because if you've got a couple of players who are a little bit frustrated and not playing you know it can be quite hard Bradley really Bradley has done go on, go on Shane yeah Sorry, for anybody who hasn't seen it, just to throw out the names there tonight, the Shamrock Rovers outfield subs were Cotter, Gannon, Burke, Towell, Finn, McCann, Green and Amaku. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. What's with the... the one thing that does benefit them uh, massively with that depth is that you're still allowed five subs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd, uh, you know, you'd be saying that's a lot of a lot of talent, but they can't unload a huge amount of it under the old rules. But but it makes it all the more doable being able to make that amount of changes. And like, imagine we saw it there. I know it was only Presidents Cup game last week, but imagine you know, imagine holding on to a one 0 lead against Rovers and with you know 25, 30 minutes left to make a triple substitution, and on comes like Aaron Green, Richie Towell, and Graham Burke. Like, mother God, your head would be in your hands as the opposition manager, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't. Like, I don't like that. I don't like the five sub rule. To be honest with you, um, as a player and as a as a fan, um, as a player, you're basically changing half your team when the five subs are made, and it, it, it benefits the bigger teams um, because obviously the bigger squad you have, you know, if you, if you can make five subs out of nine you have on your bench, you know, you, you can obviously affect the game a lot more than some of the teams who can only afford probably the players to. To you know, maybe have a starting eleven and maybe five or six players after that, rather than having a starting eleven and nine or ten players after that. Um, Johnny, it's probably a bit unfair on the on the on the smaller teams. And, yeah, mm. and and as a as a player myself, <laughs> I don't like the fact that you can change half a team because you could have ten subs made, and this this disruption between you know playing and all the subs coming on, it, it, it can. You know, it's like with the friendly games and internationals at times. You see how, how the, the game gets disrupted and the, the, the speed of the game and stuff like that. It's a nightmare as a journalist as well. If you want to get the 16 bus and you've like four extra subs and you have to find out what their names are, some of them you struggle to spell. And you're like, when am I going to get out of here for the 16 bus? Johnny, speaking of as a journalist, how, what was the crack with Pat not having names on the backs of the jerseys tonight? I have to say, I didn't know that. It's probably one of these things that um, maybe you might even be better just being online and somebody will tell you before. Because I, I didn't, um, it wasn't that much of a chat in the press box, but everyone was so cold. I think it was just a struggle to actually talk. It was one of the coldest nights of experience in terms of going to League of Ireland game, I have to say. The dynamic part, just before we let you go, of, of Rovers and keeping the dressing room happy and all that, like it, it is going to be interesting because while the depth is the depth that every team would want, like Graham Burke comes off the bench tonight and he gets his goal. Like Graham Burke is now going to want to start next week up in Derry. He's going to expect to start and he's not going to be happy getting 10 minutes at the end of that game again. And then who are you leaving out? Like Mandreu got a goal tonight. Jack Byrne was man of the match. Rory Gaffney was probably the one who held it all together. Like it's, it's a nice headache, but you want it to stay a nice headache and that's the difficulty receiving Bradley. 
Yeah, it probably is. But then again, maybe Stephen had one eye on next week as well. Um, maybe, maybe, and you know, he probably looked at it and probably what everyone else looked at this week, it was probably a banker this week that Rovers were going to beat UCD. Um, you know, as, as I, I didn't see the game, but from from what I heard here or what I read about, it, you know, you see a couple of chances early on and things could have been very, very different. But it will be hard for him, look. But, you know, as I said to you before, Badger is a good manager. Um, you know, from, from speaking to people who've worked under him, um, you know, he's, he's a very good manager. Obviously, as I said, playing with him before, you know, I know what type of personality he is. So he'll know exactly what to do with that. Um but you know, it, it, it's a good headache for him to have. Um, what I will say is, you know, just a quick one on on the the shells game tonight. I thought Jack Milam was unbelievable tonight. I think he's a really really good talent. Um, the responsibility he took on um, for such a young player, even though it's very very rare when when a team loses three 0 when the player stands out so much that he potentially could have got another match. Um, and you know, you might argue that he missed a couple of chances or whatever. But to to you can you can work on scoring those chances, but it's very hard to work on trying to create those chances and having the individual brilliance to try, you know, and they pass players and, and, and score those. And I think Shells will be fine as well. They had um they gave away two silly goals tonight, the two misplaced passes, but they probably should have been ahead early on in the game and Mark Doyle probably should have been well, could have been sent off earlier on with the with the two dives, um, even though he scored a brilliant goal as well. But no, it's it's, it's looking forward to an exciting league, I think, by the by the looks of the first night. Porrick, uh, thanks a million for hopping on. Uh, listen, we got we got to ask them before we do let you go. I know there was a lot of speculation around Sligo at one stage, but you know you're 33 at this age. I, I know there's a do- desire to come home at some stage of your career. And I, I presume you want it to be while you still feel you can really deliver at a good level. Um. Yeah, well, the desire to come home. There, there wasn't. Well, there wasn't really a desire to come home until a bit recently. Um, there was there was an option or a chance to come home, and it just fell through very very late on. Um, I think everything was kind of agreed and stuff like that, and just didn't happen uh, for one reason or another. But time will tell, I suppose. You never know what can happen. I said at the very beginning of this, look, things can happen very very quickly in football. I. As I said, yeah, I, did, I didn't, I wasn't looking at coming home or anything like that. And then there was a conversation I had and and, and the decision was made and, and, and then ultimately it fell through. So, yeah, it's just one of those things and you never know what's going to happen. Um, we're just looking forward to the end of the season now with, um, with Exeter and, and seeing what happens. This is the beauty of this show, Nathan. I mean, just by this very overseas player being on LOI late night and being available to talk, I mean, does this, do you need to even ask him the question? No, well, I've always, I've always kept an eye on the league. Um, and I think this is, and I said this on, on Twitter already about, about, um, about this, so I think it's brilliant. I think it's the fact that it's, it's very like the old Premier League live uh, live phone in, and and it's probably been crying out for this for years. Um, and the fact that it has it now is going to help the league grow even further. And you know, it, it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to have, and you know, it's good even to have you know Johnny sitting on the sixteen bus, <laughs> even, though, even though he's ruining it with the guys. He, he sounded like he was a player with project at one stage <laughs> on the phone, but. Um, it's brilliant and long may it continue, lads.
All right, fair play, Borg. Thanks a lot for hopping on. We'll sure we'll chat to you again, hopefully, over uh, the next few weeks. Uh, you are listening to League of Ireland late night. It's Nathan Murphy, Johnny Ward, and Shane Keegan with you this evening. We'll give it a few more minutes because there is a lot of people. Uh, we touched on it last week, Johnny. We could probably be here for three hours uh, if we let it go. But I reckon by the time we get to one in the morning, we could definitely be getting into some issues with referees at that stage. Uh, we'll get to a few more of the people who are standing by to come on, but just a lot of tweets coming in as well with some comments on things they've seen tonight. Julian Canny. Uh, very impressed with young McInniff when he came on for Shells. Also seeing Aaron O'Driscoll's blonde hair in a Shells jersey, very reminiscent of Vinnie Arkins, uh, is Julian Canney's thoughts. John O'Shea, uh, if Cork can maintain the performance levels, especially second half, they'll be right up there challenging for the title in the first division. Also watching the TV game, Chris Forrester showing once again that he is very good at football. And Colin Condon, Tonight, Talca was very special. Crowd, atmosphere, just like the old days. The news that with DCC tonight was great. Not worried about this result. I'd be delighted if Shells came seventh. That's what this season is about. Shells play like that every week, and they will be grand. Uh, and that, of course, from a Shells point of view, is probably what they will take out of this day more than anything else. Johnny, this news that Shells are going to try and buy back Talca Park. Yeah, I I'd be I know we 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 have a housing crisis in Dublin and you know there there are lots of issues but I don't see Shelburne as a Daily Mount Park club. I don't see what it has to do with them. I don't see ground sharing as an ideal either when you've ladies teams, you've young underage kids playing and that might want to play in the pitch as well. I think Talca Park's a massive future. I think this is something that people should get behind and Damien Duff in that interview it was a point that he made that he's reiterated since you see the banners outside the ground. I special memories of the place Nathan it was I was living across the road in college going in for like I think pints for two euro 20 or something in the Talca bar very friendly place but it's a special place when it's rocking and I don't I, I don't want to see it go I don't think Shell's uh, suit Daily Mount I don't think it's their thing I think Daily Mount can function bear in mind Daily Mount is only a 6,000 seater stadium initially as well it's not like they're moving to a huge ground and a renovated Talca for me would do wonders for the area and it's a special place if you're just hopping on to League of Ireland late night and you've missed the first hour as it is at this stage, uh, we're going to put the full thing up as a podcast so you'll be able to get it. Just uh, download the OTB Sports app or if you follow the football podcast on Off the Ball already, you will get it either later tonight or early tomorrow. So we've spoken a lot, obviously, about the TV game and also about Shamrock Rovers. The other game uh, in the Premier Division was a fascinating one. Dundalk 2, Derry 2. Uh, Stephen Bradley put Dundalk in front. Thompson equalised for Derry. Dundalk go back in front again. McGonagall equalises laid on for Derry. But we had a caller on earlier uh, from Derry. Very unhappy about a late penalty decision that Rob Harvey didn't give them. And I spotted Ronan Kilkenny wanted to chat. And he's got a Dundalk photograph up there. So we might get the opposite view. Ronan, can you hear us? You there, Ronan? Oh, Ronan is gone, which tells me, Johnny, tells me that Derry should have had the penalty. But I'm definitely interested in a few views in that game because it looked like a humdinger. And I think, you know, the the, the two, I think McLenny and Duffy didn't start, if that's right. And um, it, there was a kind of an expectation maybe that Dundalk might win the game. They certainly went off heavy favourites. But Derry have shown unbelievable battling spirits as well under Rory Higgins. They've come back in a lot of games. And I definitely would know, like, if anyone were at that game, they'd like to talk about it to see what it was like. Well, I'm going to add in uh, Michael Barron, who also wants to have a chat with us. I think, Michael, can you hear us? Just unmute yourself there, Michael Barron, and you should be able to have a chat. How are you keeping, Hi, Michael? Lads. 
not too bad. What were you Love watching? What caught your eye this evening? Um, I was actually just in the Carlisle grounds today. I was uh, been a big breath in all my life. Uh, a difficult old, a difficult night. Old night. Yeah, just kind of, just kind of watch briefly touching the point. Just the whole kind of combination with Kevin Teeley as mm. kind of a diehard fan and kind of disappointed. Just kind of going away from our roots, and I think the, I think it's not, haven't recruited well either. And I think the season is it's going to be a long season. Not much chance of promotion really. Is it a takeover, Michael? No, it's. Um, You're trying to choose your words, Michael, are you? I think Michael is gone, uh, unfortunately. Are you still there, Johnny? Yeah, well, I there was a fairly controversial instant of a player joining them who left and since signed for another club who was there briefly. And I think he did have issues with, um, you know, the management already. And it just looks like Cabin Teeley plus a player or two. And like that was a shocking, shocking bad result. That was in front of the Carlisle Grounds home crowd, many of whom, like uh, Michael, would be probably sceptical about the merger, if, it, if you want to call it a merger. They get absolutely hockeyed with a load of ex-Cabin Teeley players. And it was a very, very bad start to, you know, uh, a new regime, I guess. Guess at the Carlisle Grounds, and also I guess Johnny that listen, it's the first night of the season is one way you could look at it, but also when there is such discontent, it can kill your season right from the off. Yeah, like, and you know they, they've brought in um, a lot of the Cabin Teeley players. I thought Oscar Brennan was an interesting signing, and I'm, I'm I'm sure Oscar will explain like why he left straight away. And um, it was a big statement from Cork as well. You know, we talk about all these managers, but like Colin Healy in his own right, like what a career he had and what a character he is. And he's down in Cork. John Caulfield is in Galway. Yvine Morris at Waterford. And there's this fascinating kind of plot in the second tier. But I, the Cork City fans must be absolutely buzzing, and there could be a massive crowd in Turner's Cross next. Friday, Nathan, for a first division game. It'll be fascinating to see. I think John Caulfield will be among them because he's he's one of the many uh, managers banned uh, for the first game of the season. But the place is going to be absolutely rocking and massive expectation now after that result. All right, let's get to one or two more callers quickly before we wrap up tonight on League of Ireland Late Night. Uh, somebody I didn't expect to be hopping on and uh, looking to talk tonight, Andy Burton, formerly of Sky Sports and formerly of Dundalk as well. Andy, how are you keeping? I don't know if Andy's hearing us either. Technically, it's all falling apart. We're just connecting with uh, Andy at the moment. He didn't have to put up with this nonsense uh, back in his Sky days. You there, Andy? You're just muted at the moment. Lads, how are we doing? I'm very well. How are you keeping? Well, do you know what? I wanted to be in Oriel Park tonight to go and see uh, two managerial protégés Go head-to-head, -head, Stevie O'Donnell and Rory Higgins, but then found myself watching Big Jet TV this afternoon and watching those planes shaking around. I didn't fancy flying over from London, so I had to watch it on, uh, on the internet today. But I thought it was really impressive from... Uh, from Dundalk based on the amount of young players that Stevie's managed to to recruit in there. I think it's going to be um, an exciting season as those players all gel. I think they maybe missed someone like Brian Gartland a little bit tonight. I think Garts will come in and um, and steady the ship a little bit at the back for them. But there's there's only one Stephen Bradley. That's going to be the chant that you're going to hear at Oriel Park this season. You were obviously uh, involved at Oriel Park quite a bit, Andy, uh, around the peak six time. What were your thoughts over the last year as it all started to fall apart? 
I think that there were two peak six eras at Oriole Park. I think that there was the one that kind of came to an end uh, at the end of 2019, when if you think about it, we won four out of five trophies and it was a penalty shootout at the Aviva that, that stopped them you know, winning everything. Um, and then the chairman, Mike Treacy, left. Everyone knows, well documented. And I think things um, kind of went a little bit crazy in, in 2020. But at the moment, I think everyone should look forward. I don't think that, um, you know, looking back on some of the mad things that have gone on there in, in the last year and a half, two years, serves anyone any favours now. I think it's amazing that the, uh, the Fast Fix boys are back in. I think it's great that, that Martin Connolly's back in. I don't think he should have ever left. But on the pitch is what I wanted to talk about. And, yeah, listen, there's some really exciting young players. Um, I know Jonathan Douglas, my colleague, is listening as well to this. Uh, and we've got a little interest in Nathan Shepard, who's who's over there with Dundalk playing his first game in, in men's senior football today. Not really too much he could have done for either of those goals. And actually, despite all those young players coming into that Dundalk team, it was maybe a couple of the more experienced guys that, that were possibly at fault tonight. But I think what you're doing on this is great. I think that the fact that we can watch these games, you know, all over the world now with, with LOI TV is amazing. And I know you've got about 500 people in here tonight listening to this. Give it three or four weeks once the momentum built to the season you'll have a good couple of thousand fans tuning into things like this this is this is just what the league needs um the podcasts that have popped up have been amazing and uh, yeah you guys have got to keep shining a light on the league because there is a heck of a lot of talent in the league of ireland um and, and that's you know sort of growing with all the loans that have been coming over this season and the young boys who are getting a chance great to hear evan caffrey uh, apparently did well for ucd tonight um big things expected of, of evan and yeah listen i'm excited that irish football's back yeah, we are too. Uh, Andy, thanks for hopping on the call there. Andy Burton, uh, you'll recognize the voice, I'm sure, uh, from his time with Sky Sports and also, as we said, had an involvement uh, with Dundalk through the years. Uh, let's talk about Sligo because Sligo Bohemians, the final game of the Premier Division weekend, uh, is tomorrow night down at the showgrounds. James Fallon is with us. How are you, James? You hear us there, James? James, unfortunately, just not coming through at the moment. Uh, Shane, Sligo have obviously lost John Mann and Johnny Kenny, but like, there's so much good stuff going on off the pitch, it seems, at Sligo at the moment. You really want them to do well? Like, what, what is a good season for Sligo? Yeah, it's, it's a hard one to call this time around because I, I think they probably overachieved last season. You know, really, if you, if you look at, at budgets and expectations at the start of the season, it was fantastic for them to, to pull off what they did and I mean, realistically, who are the two biggest driving forces behind that? It's it, it's the two that they've lost. Um, and, but it's just such... You've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's, it's just such a wonderful club. It really, really is. Like, you tell me how many towns across this country is soccer, football, the number one sport. Um, you know, unfortunately, for us, League of Ireland-wise, you know, GA comes out on top in, in, a, in a huge amount of areas. But Sligo, I remember the first time I was over there, I went across there for a coaching conference day years back. And it was like the only time I drove through a town and saw the whole town flags absolutely everywhere. It was in the lead up to the FAI Cup final. Flags everywhere, signs in every single shop window going the whole way down the place. Now, Dundalk is maybe one of the few places in Ireland that could, could rival that sort of fanfare, but it, it just seems to be a superbly run club. They're, they're, they're kind of there, thereabouts all the time. I think 
you know, they're going to probably have their work cut out to try and stay top four again this season. But then I wouldn't have thought they would have managed it last season either. So so fair play to them and they might pull it off again. You mentioned the, the, those two towns, Shane. Like Dundalk, I think give or take, is a population of 35,000 people. Sligo Town is a population of roughly 20,000 people. Pound for pound, the crowds that they get week on week would rival basically anywhere in, in Europe. Like really, really good support. And we always look down on the League of Ireland as getting bad following. But when you actually look into some of the cases like Sligo and Dundalk, proper football towns, they would be big, big supporters anywhere in the world. And and what's more about it, Johnny, is because of that, right? So so like I'm gone I'm I'm looking at, at, at underage setups around the country now and trying to think, right, how do you what what do you need to model here? What do you need to steal from who? How do you how do you go about getting this right kind of a thing? And there's sure there's no doubt, naturally enough, you're immediately attracted to Sligo, not just because of, of John Mahan and, and, and Johnny Kenny, but more so because Sligo is again, it's probably one of the few regions where everybody seems to be behind the local League of Ireland club. All the young players seem to feed through into that setup without any politics getting in the way or without any begrudgery. It's just, you know, it seems to be there's a real unity about football in Sligo. There's a real, real unity that... that it's not, a lot it's not of Galway players, is what you're saying, Shane. Yeah, there was a little, there was a little bit more politics around the situation in Galway. It was there, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure most people did. Uh, you're not the, the the city of the tribes for no reason. Yeah, uh, we're almost done uh, on League of Ireland late night. I'll get to one more caller in just a minute. But if you're just joining us, if you're on your way home and you're just tuning in and you're wondering what the hell is going on, because I know for a lot of people, they probably haven't been involved in a Twitter spaces before. So we're going to be here every Friday night after the League of Ireland games talking about Premier Division, First Division, but really talking about whatever you want to talk about, because this is led by the listeners and you can come on, you can talk to myself and Shane and Johnny, give your opinion, whatever the hell you want and get interrupted by Johnny Ward on a consistent basis. <laughs> the, the great thing, the great thing and listen to his heavy breathing for but, half an hour. But it's 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 like watching people go by as well. You see people like Yo-Yo Maddie is listening. And I mean, what does Yo-Yo make of Ollie Horgan and Finn Harfs this season? Get Yo-Yo on the show. You've got League of Ireland players who've had games called off tonight who want their fix. Absolutely. Well, we had uh, we kept it to just the one with Park Ammon tonight. We'll get a few more on as we go over the next while. One last caller, uh, Ushin Brady is uh, on the line. Though uh, I've just seen a tweet from you as well, Ushin, and I'm not sure if you want to talk about League of Ireland at all. Can you hear me? We can loud and clear. So, I I just have a question for Johnny actually about the Hunter's Chase at Cheltenham. If that's okay. For God's sake. <laughs> the Hunter oh. Chase. Hunter's Chase, Johnny. Yeah. So Bob and Co is running tomorrow, right? And he's eight to one for the hunters' chase. Yeah, <laughs> you are on the wrong show, dude. <laughs> he's eight. Come to on, one. Johnny, give us something. You ruined the first half an hour of this, Johnny. Give us all a little bit something. We're Johnny, 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 he's eight to one for the hunters' chase. He's running for a little pipe opener tomorrow, and he was absolutely traveling like a dream last year, child. And he came down. I think at the turn last. <laughs> And this is a football Hurry show. Hurry it up, Hurry it up, What do you want to know? What do you want to know? value ever at 8-1. to one. And he's running for I up. actually... I I have not looked at the Hunter's Chase. I don't oh think, like, you, you, this is unbelievable. This is a football show. <laughs> this is racing people for you, isn't it? This is racing people for you. No sooner did I mention Yo-Yo Maddie's name and he disappeared. He just <laughs> went off. Ollie Horgan was like, you'll never play for me, laddie. It's the Johnny Ward effect. It's the Johnny Ward-Damien Duff uh, relationship. We'll have to get you back together. He did acknowledge you during the week, Johnny. We thought he may never talk of you again. 
but he now knows who you are. So maybe Duffer himself will come on League of Ireland late night uh, some night over the next while. But I, I, I doubt it very much as well, unless he's on the 16 bus on the way home.